global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. U.S. equities are mixed. We have got the Dow higher, S&P, NASDAQ lower. The dollar include, uh, dollar and crude are sliding as Florida braces for Hurricane Irma. And this update brought to you by Red Hat, whose broad portfolio of open technologies helps you upgrade the IT you have and prepare for the future you want. Red Hat. Tame today, frame tomorrow. Learn more at redhat.com slash portfolio. S&P 500 index down a point at 2463, a drop there of one-tenth of one percent. NASDAQ is down 34, a drop of five-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up 28, a gain of one-tenth of one percent. The 10-year down 5.30 seconds with a yield of 2.06 percent. Gold up a dollar forty to 13.47 the ounce, higher by one-tenth of one percent. And we have got crude oil, West Texas Intermediate, down 3.2% on lower demand crude oil, 47.54 a barrel for WTI. Lots of questions about the makeup of the Federal Reserve. Bloomberg News reporting that the Fed is said to be considering at least six people for the Fed chair. That goes against the narrative that it has been a two-horse race between Janet Yellen and Gary Cohn. Ward McCarthy is chief financial economist at Jefferies. What I do think... Uh what we will see going forward is that uh, the Fed, regardless of who comes in after Janet Yellen, and I do think she's going to leave, is going to pursue normalization a little bit more systematically than we've seen so far. Capital World Investors has sold its stake in Blue Apron Holdings, a sign that investors are losing confidence in the beleaguered meal kit delivery company that went public in late June. Capital World had been Blue Apron's second biggest shareholder. Equifax shares plunging today after the disclosure that millions of people were affected by an unprecedented hack on its systems. Equifax down 12.9%. Kroger shares moving lower after the supermarket chain abandoned its practice of offering long-term guidance. Shares of Kroger down 7.5%. Recapping U.S. equities mix, the Dow up 30, little changed up one-tenth of one percent. S&P down a point, NASDAQ down 33. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you so much, Charlie. Adam, Lisa Abramowitz. I'm in for Carol and Corey. This is Bloomberg. So Dave Wilson is here for the chart of the day. Dave Wilson, of course, is Bloomberg Stocks editor, columnist, and a blogger at MLive. Go on the Bloomberg. And Dave, let's uh, let's have you explain your song, which I was told was before my parents were was born. That was that was the way I was told about this song that it was going way back. What what is the song? It's around the time I was born. As it I, so I was about but to that's say another that's not story that's not together. <laughs> Maybe. You know, maybe the fact that we have an agreement now uh, in terms of the debt ceiling and the budget and Hurricane Harvey aid, maybe that's a plus in terms of where we go from here on tax policy. Now, now this is not me saying this. This is the market, in essence, saying this. And it comes out of a report from Binky Chata, who's a strategist over at Deutsche Bank. Now, he went into considerable detail. The one thing that jumped out at me, though, was a comparison 
of what Deutsche Bank calls high-tax and low-tax stock indexes. They basically went through the S&P 500, picked out the companies that pay out the most in taxes relative to their pre-tax income, and then, on the other hand, those that pay out the least created these indexes and uh, provided a way, in essence, to compare the two so you could see uh, how the high-tax companies, which presumably would have the most uh, to gain from uh, tax cuts or other moves on policy, uh, are doing relative to those companies that would be relatively untouched. And when you do that, you go back to the beginning of November, just after the election, you saw uh, the ratio between these two indexes peak, and it's really come down uh, since then as much as 12 percent uh, through last month. You, you did have a couple of rallies, though, uh, one in April, another in June. They proved to be short live. And I suppose the question at this point is really what happens this time around? Is it any different, though? Mm-hmm. In the last couple of days, at least, you have seen a, a bit of a pickup in this indicator. So, you know, it, it's not enough to suggest that uh, anything is, is close to being a done deal. But it's interesting to see that little bit of optimism show up in the market. It's almost as if uh, uh, the deal earlier this week kept hope alive, you might put it that way, as I did in the headline of the chart. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart with the explanation that goes with it and everything I do going forward. The email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. Thank you so much, Dave Wilson, Bloomberg Stocks editor, columnist, and blogger, always full of insights. Um, right now, I want to get a sense of what we can expect. We're getting a whole bunch of data out of the U.S. economy next week. We're going to start to have the first sense of just what kind of hit hurricanes Harvey Possibly, Irma, I guess not really yet, but really mainly Hurricane Harvey has already had on the economy. And here to uh, explain uh, what we can expect and what to look forward to is Yelena Shalyetyeva. She is Bloomberg Intelligence Senior U.S. Economist. So what are we looking for next week? So first of all, uh, what we will not see and what we will not hear will be the Fed speak. So the um, communication blackout period starts this Saturday. So we're not going to hear any comments from uh, Fed speakers uh, next week before the September meeting. So, but we get a lot of uh, data next week, as you mentioned. So, we will obviously start assessing the impact of Hurricane Irma, uh, but we're not going to see it in the data. We will see what we will see is the impact from uh, Hurricane Harvey. So, we already saw it in auto sales. Uh, last jobless Friday, claims jobless claims this week, we're going to see another impact, probably further. Uh, increase in jobless claims on Thursday, but we will also see some data on retail sales, CPI, and sentiment next week. So can we get a sense of why jobless claims are rising so much? That That's what usually happens, really. So uh, after uh, Hurricane Katrina and uh, Sandy, claims uh, rose around 100K because people are not working, so they, uh, they lose their jobs temporarily, and yeah. uh, they claim for jobless benefits. You know, it was interesting today, uh, Bill Dudley, New York Fed president, came out and said that these hurricanes could potentially 
push the Fed. I mean, if you read between the lines, basically, if they don't have a December rate hike, it could just be the hurricanes, but everything is still on track. That's how I read it. Absolutely. That's how you read it? Yeah, I was there yesterday uh, at the uh, Marty McAdeer's meeting, and uh, that's exactly what he said, that the impact, if uh, if there is one, and uh, he expects a modest impact, uh, will be temporary, and probably by the end of the year, we will already start seeing a positive impact from rebuilding efforts. So while it seems like it's it could um, affect the timing of the next rate hike, it's not going to affect uh, the balance sheet timing, and they're really getting ready to announce it at the September meeting. Uh, you know, Dave, just real quick, I'd love to get your sense of whether markets moved at all on this idea uh, that Bill Dudley was basically putting a nail through any hope that there would be a rate hike in December. Uh, not really, because let's face it, I mean, investors, traders have kind of backed away from that view for the past several weeks now. Uh, you, know, you look at uh, the, the probability that's built, built into federal funds futures at this point, and you're, you're looking at only 22% in December. I mean, you're not talking about much of a chance now uh, that we're going to see higher rates. And certainly uh, that number has come down, you know, quite a bit over the past few months. And not just one indicator, but it's, it's really telling of sort of the prevailing view that it's going to be a while before we see rates go up again. And bear in mind, though, you know, that the, the point that Yelena makes about where the balance sheet goes from here really becomes front and center because you got to remember, Central Bank has more than one way in which they've been boosting the economy in the last few years, which means they have more than one way to kind of back away in terms of their policy as, uh, you know, the economy moves from here. Dave Wilson. Thank you so much for joining us. Dave Wilson and uh, Yelena Shulyetova. Dave Wilson is Bloomberg Sachs editor, columnist, and blogger at MLive. Go on the Bloomberg. And Yelena Shulyetova is senior U.S. economist with Bloomberg Intelligence. Next week will be a big one. It'll be interesting to try to parse out the noise uh, from some kind of greater trend. Right now, let's go get world and national headlines. Adrian Mitchell has that for us in our Bloomberg 99.1 Newsroom in Washington, D.C. Adrian. Thank you, Lisa. Hurricane Irma is on track to hit Florida on Sunday after grazing Cuba and the Bahamas. It's taken a stronger turn toward Georgia. A record 650,000 people have been evacuated from the Miami area. And it's not just homes and businesses that face the threat of destruction. Joel Widener of Community Weather Group tells Bloomberg Radio much of the nation's citrus fruit and sugar could be blown away. Almost two-thirds of the total citrus production comes out of Florida. It's a little bit over 60 percent. So it is a, a huge producer. And then almost half of the sugarcane production in the U.S. comes out of that area in Florida. Florida. So it's a, a very large impact potentially. Irma is now a Category 4 storm with winds of 155 miles an hour. As the U.S. deals with one disaster and gets ready for another, the House has approved Hurricane Harvey funding, a debt limit extension, and funds to keep the government running. Bloomberg Chief Washington Correspondent Kevin Cirilli says this doesn't end a political fight, it just postpones it. On a 316 to 90 vote, advancing more than $15 billion in hurricane assistance relief funding, sending it to the president's desk, and also, very important, furthering raising the debt limit, preventing that political fight until December 8th. So it's a three-month extension on the continuing resolution. 
Mexico is in the earliest stages of recovery from an earthquake that could be stronger than one that killed more than 9,000 people in 1985. This quake has killed at least 32 people. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Adrian Mitchell.